Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Today is Friday, December 17th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, episode 439 featuring Heavy.com's Sean Devaney is powered by betonline.ag and INSA. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. And go to insa.com, that's I-N-S-A.com. Mention we sent you, get a t-shirt for a penny. Okay, well, COVID can rule out Celtics games. Not that that has happened yet. Don't worry, at least as we talk right now. But it it can. It has that ability. What it cannot wipe out is Celtics beat the show. The weekly program continues to come your way. I am Adam Kaufman, Evan Valenti, watching from afar, and, of course, producing. And uh, we always appreciate his contributions to the program. Today joining us, and if you are watching, you can see him already. I'll uh, deck in the halls at his own house there. It's Sean Devaney, our good pal. How are you, man? I'm doing well, Adam. How are you? I'm well. I'm 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 healthy, uh, and I hope you're healthy, and I hope everyone out there who's listening is healthy, and your loved ones are healthy. Especially with the holiday season right around the corner, we cannot implore you enough: be careful, be safe, be conscious. Don't have Christmas wiped out on account of going out and doing something stupid or something like that. But yeah, you know, I, as far as uh, my my basketball viewing side of me, I'm I'm not great, Sean. I'm not I'm not terrific. Yeah, that's uh, that's been a theme uh, going around the league. Uh, you have to wonder uh, how long the, the NBA can can keep stringing this out uh, before there's got to be a pause of some kind. Um, obviously, there were relaxed rules coming into the year. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's some regret on that uh, on the part of the the league, and you've heard some players talk about it. Joel B talked about it the other day. Um, you know that that they did relax some of the. Uh, uh, the precautions that they had in place last year. And, uh, and, uh, you know, they, they, they seem to be paying a price for it here. So, uh, you know, hard to say if you can put that cat back in the bag. Uh, but, uh, but you do have to wonder if at some point the league doesn't say we're going to have to take two weeks or something like that. Um, you know, that's, it's, it's desperately what, what, what Adam Silver wants to avoid, what the league wants to avoid. Uh, but, you know, the way things are going, it's hard to see how that doesn't happen. You know, it's hard to see how this all uh, just solves itself. Well, we're seeing more and more NHL games get postponed. You know, that's been happening in the last week or so. A Bruins game earlier 
uh, this morning for this game in Montreal, of which they were already in Canada. They've started to alter the regulations. They've started to, just in the last couple of days, they're playing games without fans again, at least in Montreal, that was the case. That's where the Bruins were to be next. They've now canceled that game or at least postponed it. So I, I don't know if, you know, if we're heading in that direction in the NBA, it's, you know, obviously Adam Silver, like you said, is, has really tried to avoid that for a, a multitude of, of reasons. And, you know, financial reasons are always going to influence things. But for anyone that doesn't know, if you haven't been on Twitter today and you're just catching news with this podcast earlier this morning, Al Horford, Grant Williams, Jabari Parker, all ruled out of uh, the foreseeable future anyway, because they're in health and safety protocols. They're not going to play in tonight's game against the Warriors at the Garden, assuming that takes place. The Seas have a very... A sort of jam-packed schedule right before the holiday here, Sean. They've got four games between today's Friday and Wednesday, all at the Garden. So a little four-game homestand here. You know you're not going to have those guys for the the better part of it, if not the entire thing. Your games today and tomorrow, they're hosting the Knicks. I guess the the bigger picture, and you just you hit on this a little bit, but I, I just should we be doing this? I mean, is it in the despite all of the reasons to not do it? Obviously, from Silver's perspective, is it in the best interest of the league? To just say, all right, we got to take two weeks and and just sort of, you know, reset a little bit. And if if we lose a few games, we lose a few games. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's easy for us to say if we lose a few games, but you know, there's there's a lot at stake uh, on the financial end uh, for the league and and for Adam Silver. I think they knew coming into the season that this was going to be uh, had the potential to uh, to be an awkward year, uh, much like last year was. I don't think they thought it was going to be to the level that it's been though. And, and as quickly as it's been, you know, with a team like the Celtics, you get, you get three players going into the protocols from what we've seen usually doesn't stop at three. You know, you look at a team like Chicago that had a couple, it was Kobe White, it was uh, uh, Javante uh, Green. Uh, and then next thing you know, it's 10 players. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's something that if you're the Celtics, you've got to, you know, cross your fingers and, and, and hope that that, uh, uh, that that doesn't happen, but that's, that's sort of been typical, you know, Brooklyn went through the same thing. So, you know, you have to wonder if at some point the league is going to look at this and say, you know, is, is this fair? Um, you know, is this fair to the, to the teams that are going through this? They couldn't have accounted for it. Uh, they've got to play with these uh, skeleton rosters. Chicago has done it. Uh, Miami's done it. We've seen Brooklyn done it. And, and, and Kevin Durant's been, been fantastic with it, but, uh, but, but it's not really what the league wants to see in terms of competition. Having said that, I think that the league is going to try everything it can to avoid putting off whole parts of the season. If it has to put on a game or two, then that's what they're going to do. Uh, they, they, they don't want to change. They don't want to alter the structure of the season to where uh, it affects next season, the season after that, the season after that. That's been the one thing that they've really, really tried to, to, to avoid. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to be able to do it, but, but they're going to do everything they can uh, before they, they do anything that's going to uh, affect the long term in terms of this season and beyond that. I wonder if, and, and this may not be the most, I don't know, compassionate or sensitive way to look at things, obviously, but, you know, obviously the, the NBA, like any other sport, it's, it's a business first and foremost. They're not out there for the, the goal of, of being compassionate to, uh, to one's wants needs the the overall maybe global effect if 
it's not at an alarming point. And what I mean by that is you have all these guys. I don't even know what the number is. Probably, you know, dozens, if not into the hundreds at this point since the start of the year of guys in the NBA who have been, you know, had to miss time on account of health and safety protocols. Now, the majority of these players are vaccinated. Okay. And, and we certainly know, you know, from uh, just a, a general day to day, whoever you are, whatever you do, maybe you out there listening have, have been you know, uh, uh, affected by this on a personal level as well. You can certainly get COVID when you're vaccinated, but the majority of these players, if not all of them, quite frankly, like I haven't heard, maybe you have, I haven't heard a a story of, of somebody in the NBA since getting vaccinated. So this year specifically of a player, you know, missing time in health and safety protocols and, and getting really sick in the process. It's been, you know, headaches or, uh, common cold or just you know it's it's been hey you tested positive you got to sit out it's those are those are the rules I almost what what I'm driving at is I almost wonder if the league looks at it and says you know what nobody's getting sick sick you know they're they're testing positive they have to miss time those are the rules it's that stinks that's life that's what everybody's dealing with in any walk of life no matter what it is but no one's getting sick sick and as long as nobody's getting sick sick Play with your bench, man. Call up guys from the G League. Figure it out. These games, the show must go on. Right, right. I, I, I'd like you to put that question to Adam Silver and see what he says because <laughs> uh, I can tell you what he thinks is probably not what he's going to say. I, I mean, the, the actions show that what you're saying is exactly how the league is thinking. Is Look, you got eight, eight healthy bodies. Let's just grind through this. Maybe it's not fair. Uh, you know, there'll be people on Twitter complaining. So be it, you know, let's, let's just get through this, uh, by the spring, you know, they'll, they'll be everybody have boosters and, and, you know, they'll, uh, they'll be less endorsed, uh, you know, it just, it, it seems to be something that gets worse in the winter in the spring, it'll be better, you, you know, go on and on, uh, and, 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 and there's any number of reasons. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I absolutely do think that that's part of the calculation on the league that if we can just get to, you know, we we're given these exemptions out so you can sign 10 day contracts, which, in a normal year, you can't do until January 10th. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but here with, with this, there's special exemptions you can get. We've seen a number of, you know, that's how Isaiah Thomas has got signed. Uh, yeah. so, you know, that's, that's, that's something that, uh, that the league is saying, you know, just, just get enough healthy bodies in there. Let's get through this. Uh, but let's not affect the overall, uh, the overall structure of the season, the overall structure and have it be something that bleeds into the structure of next season. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that is definitely the mindset of the league right now. Uh, and, uh, and, and they're just going to try to grind through it. That, that you've had, it's about 70 players. I think now with, with, with the two more, it's over 70 players, uh, you know, which might not sound like a ton, but remember there's only, you know, 420 players in the NBA. So you're talking about a sixth of the league, mm-hmm. uh, now has, has, has missed time, uh, with COVID. And you have had some players who, who have said that they're pretty sick, you know, Tobias Harris, uh, Joel Embiid both talked about, uh, that, that, that they were laid pretty low by this. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's not, it, it hasn't been life net threatening for anybody and, and, and everybody's bounced back. Um, so, you know, that's, and, and, and if you, if by sick, sick, you mean they're not like a hospital on a ventilator. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's, that's been the case. Uh, but you know, this is, it's, it's the NBA is walking a fine line here because some guys have, have said that they've been really, really sick. Uh, uh, but, but, uh, uh, but, but the league really doesn't show, any signs yet of, of backing off this idea that, Hey, look, if you've got eight healthy bodies, uh, we'll help you sign some players and bring them up from the G league, uh, just get through the games. 
Let's quickly take a break just to tell you this show is powered by betonline.ag. Of course, we are back better than ever. New web interface for the start of the basketball season on through middle of the year. Very uh, close approaching. More props, more odds, lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your top spot. Number one for all your basketball, football, and beyond action this season on and off the uh, the floor, the the. Uh, the field, whatever it may be. Head over to our new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code. It is CLNS50 to receive that bonus. Basketball, football, hockey, if and when we get more hockey games. Baseball, of course, futures bets you could get into. You know, the, the list goes on and on. Boxing, UFC, golf, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online the fastest, the easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, including, of course, if you want to Put a little money down on the uh, the Patriots' last look. Underdogs, despite seven straight wins, the AFC leaders, underdogs in Indianapolis Saturday night. You can check that out as well. Bet online where the game starts. Now, I, uh, I, I use that in part, Sean, as a segue, because I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that are listening and saying, oh, God, Kaufman, enough with the COVID. Like, we just, we, we know it's out there. It's in the world. We don't want to talk about it. We come here for to, to, to hear about basketball. Let's get Sean's thoughts on basketball. So let's talk about <laughs> basketball with this team. Sean, I mean, they're, they're 14 and 14, and, you know, they're, they're the definition of, of middling right now. You have been on this show a number of times over the years. Uh, a lot of the, the same themes that we have discussed in the past continue to exist. A lot of the same, obviously, leadership and players as well, uh, although Danny Ainge has a new home. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But uh, even this week, you know, a few days ago, you got more and more anonymous GMs, executives in front offices asking the question that, that we've been asking, that others have been asking for months, for years. Can Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown coexist? You know, we've seen flashes of what this team can be when it's healthy. Seems like over the last couple of years, it's never healthy. So it's hard to get a, a real good sample size in that. But, you know, they are the figureheads. They are the pillars. They are the, you know, the, the guys at the top of the food chain. Now it is their team. And there are certainly similar, not the same, but similar skill sets there, similar types of players. Can they coexist? And, and the whole Marcus Smart being part of the core as well and, and getting his payday in the offseason? Or does a move need to be made? Do you need to take steps back in order to take a leap forward? I think they can coexist. Um, you know, I, I think with today's NBA, uh, with the way that defense is played, especially the way that the Celtics are trying to play defense now with, with the amount of switching, um, you know, that, that, that these are two guys uh, who you can have together and you can build around. I think the problem is that you need the right guy at point guard. You, you, you kind of need a, a healthy Kemba Walker. I mean, that's what you need. You need and, and, and you but Kemba back, Walker. Kemba Walker wasn't the guy. Kemba Walker is he, he's got the ball in his Kemba, hands too when much. Kemba, when he Kemba Walker too much. Was healthy, when Kemba Walker was healthy, that's when they were at their best. I mean, that's when they were going to these finals. That's when they were playing well. I, they need a guy who can break down a defense and get into the you know, that's what I mean by Kemba. Uh, yeah. Okay. There's other things. He, he did shoot too much. There were times uh, where, where he should have been getting other players involved, but what they are lacking, what they need, what those two guys need, especially uh, is somebody who can, 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 can do that initial scrambling of the defense. Uh, and I, you know, really the, the times that they probably played best uh, the Celtics as a whole has been, uh, you know, when, when, when Dennis Schroeder is in there, uh, because he is somebody who is, is not great at that. He's not an excellent, you know, he's not a, 
a top tier point guard, but he can get into the teeth of the defense and, and, and force, force that first switch force that movement. Uh, and then once you get that going, that's when I think those two guys, Brown and, and, and Tatum, especially uh, can be more effective. They don't have that point guard uh, on the roster right now. I think that's, that's, that's the real problem here. Um, I think those two guys can be fine together. I really do. Uh, I think, I think the, to have them though, you're going to have to have somebody who can, who can initiate that, that drive into the paint. We just don't have that uh, on this team right now. Do you have a guy in mind around the league who's realistically attainable, be it, you know, during this season or in the off season? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, realistic is, is, uh, is, is one thing, uh, you know, in my head. Sure. Why not? Uh, I, you know, De- I mean, De'Aaron Fox would be the ideal guy, uh, you know, and, 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 and Sa- Sacramento, um, whether they blow it up uh, is remains to be seen. They probably should, uh, and that includes the Aaron Fox. Um, and, and, you know, the Celtics would have to basically mortgage the future. They'd have to basically give up, you know, three first round draft picks and do the, the, the draft uh, pick swap thing that, that we're all familiar with because that's what yeah. the Nets did, uh, in 2013. Um, but you know, I, I, I'd like that much more for a 24 year old point guard, uh, who can play, you know, who, who can grow with Tatum and Brown. Um, you know, right in their age range. So, yeah, versus uh, like a Damian Lillard, for instance. Yeah, exactly. Right. Rather than somebody who's 31, 32. So, uh, he would be my idea. Uh, you know, and, and, and given what's going on in Sacramento, you'd have to hope. Uh, I, I, you know, I think with the ownership there, it just, it's hard to say what they're going to do. They're not going to, probably not going to do the logical thing. They haven't, uh, at all in the last, uh, six, seven years. Uh, but that would be the logical thing for them to start. Uh, looking to tear things down and, and, and rebuild. Um, and, and if that happens, I think the Aaron Fox could be had, um, you know, whether the Celtics could put together the best package, uh, probably not based on players, but if they are willing to include, uh, you know, the full slate of picks, then, uh, th- then that would probably change. I've seen a number of people out there and it, it's, it's a growing list where, you know, it's, it was always like, the there's the Marcus Smart defenders, right? I mean, there's a, find me a more polarizing athlete in in Boston right now. You know, I, I, I'm not sure yeah. you can. At once upon a time, it was Al Horford or Tuka Rask or somebody like that. Right now, it is very clearly to me Marcus Smart. And so, you know, you've had the Marcus Smart defenders, and you've obviously got the camp that has never liked him and and doesn't do any, you know, go for any of the beyond the box score stuff and hashtag winning plays and love him and trust him and all that good stuff that that we who love Marcus Smart, that in this house we do not slander Marcus Smart, all that <laughs> stuff, you know, that those of us who who uh, just swear by the guy and 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 pray at the doorstep that is Marcus Smart, uh, we certainly don't want him gone. But even those people, some of them have gravitated, not to the other side, but to the, look, if you got to shake something up, the guy who you move is Marcus Smart. You know, it's, it's a movable contract. It's, you know, now it's a contract that's, that's got a little weight, a little meat behind it. You can get a little more for it, obviously, than before when he was making six million bucks or whatever he was making. Are you in the camp that Brad Stevens should be exploring moving Marcus Smart just to create a change around here? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that happens really around the league where, uh, you know, everybody's either on a max contract or, or, or a mid-level or below, you know, that's, that's, you get the guys who are on the 14, $15 million deals, which 
are rarer and rarer going forward. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's where you can kind of package some things and, and try to make it happen. You know, Smart is a guy who does have value around the league. I think one of the problems the Celtics have had is they've asked him to do some things that he's not really qualified to do. I don't think he's a starting point guard. You know, I think he's a guy who, uh, you know, fantastic six man, uh, you know, bulldog off the bench type. Uh, but you know they're they're asking to do things that that I don't think it's qualified to do. Uh, another team might see it differently, and that's that's where you can try to get something done. So you package him at four, I think it's fourteen million this year. Um, you know Richardson at eleven million. He's got uh, just the one year next year, so that's a pretty uh, movable contract. You've got uh, uh, Hernan Gomez at seven million. You know now you're up to thirty two million dollars. So you know if you want to get somebody like a De'Aaron Fox or um, you know. Brad Beal, I, I don't think they'll go that direction. But uh, if, if if that were, you know, now you're in the ballpark where you can start talking about those players if you package the uh, uh, the first round picks with them. Uh, but it's not, you know, it's it, it's not going to be easy. Uh, but I do think that that that's smart because his contract is manageable because he does have value around the league. That's something where you can get something done. Uh, you know, just putting it together a package of Jason Richardson and, and Al Horford is not going to get you very. I'm framing this, I guess, in kind of an insulting way, and it's not intended to be because he's a brilliant basketball mind, and I certainly am not. But Brad Stevens being new to this job as, you know, as, as Pobo, as president of basketball operations, does he know what it is that he needs, not wants, but needs specifically to take them to the, to the next point, places that, that he has been as a head coach, now as an executive, to, to lift them out of this you know, kind of seasons long funk and, and put them back where obviously everyone wants them to be is, does, does he have the right head for it at the moment? I, you know, I think so. He's got good people around him. You know, Mike Zarin's still there, of course, uh, uh, with his uh, level of experience and uh, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I, I think that as a coach, having been in the locker room with these guys and having, you know, knowing the, the, the pluses and minuses and, and, and what the, the buttons that he needs to push here, uh, I do think that, that, that he's got, uh, certainly a different perspective than what Danny Ainge had, uh, and, and maybe the right perspective having been, uh, that coach. If you have the other guys in the, in the front office, we're going to be able to help you out with the details of, okay, if we're dealing with this team, this is what we've got to look out for. If we're dealing with that team, then it's this, um, you know, this is what, uh, uh, what they're going to, you know, all those, all those little details that you get to learn from dealing with other GMs, which Brad does not really have, uh, much, much, uh, contact, you know, basically in his career, you know, going back to before the Celtics, of course, you know, it just doesn't have a whole lot of NBA experience. Um, so, so that's, that's going to be an issue, but he's got enough people around him, uh, who can help him navigate that as long as he can keep in, in his head as a coach what he thinks he needs. And that's, that's, that's going to be the real, uh, uh, the real challenge for him is, is, is identifying that and then just focusing on it and, and focusing on, you know, where, where can I find, uh, in, in my opinion, it would be a, a you know, a, a break down the defense kind of point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, he, he's got to determine what that thing is uh, and, and how he can best fill it. Again, 14 and 14, you know, play in status right now. Boston has obviously been mediocre. There have been a, a lot of key injuries, a lot of guys, you know, Jalen Brown, Al Horford among them that, that have missed significant time. Horford now in protocols for the second time, you know, just this season. But I don't know. Part of me wonders, like Evan and I were talking about this just before we came on, is, you know, does Brad Stevens get enough credit on the other side of this? You know, for all the things that 
he still wants to do and needs to do, does he get enough credit? Like we've talked to you obviously about the Knicks situation in the past. And, you know, at, at the time, and certainly I was one of them, people looked at it and said, yeah, you want to unload Kemba Walker for sure. And, you know, they, they did so and they brought in Horford and Horford's been terrific. I think that deal has looked good. And there were some people that wondered, should they have gotten more than an Al Horford at the time and all that Horford is, is once again, when he's available, fit in very, very well to this Boston team, but Walker in particular looked like, you know, you can get, if you're the Knicks, you can get Kemba Walker for 8 million bucks a year compared to what he was making before. That's an absolute steal. Well, out of the rotation, he is, you know, he is flamed out. He's not the guy that he once was Evan Fournier. There are a lot of Celtics fans that, that weren't upset he didn't get that contract, but were disappointed that he wasn't brought back, especially with what we saw in the Olympics, the way that he began this season. He sucked as well. So, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I'd i love to just say, like, well, it's that's, you know, I, I don't know, fortuitous or whatever, but I, I think on on Brad Stevens' part, you know, he he read the waters right on that. Yeah, yeah, the Knicks, the Knicks have been very beneficial to Brad Stevens' reputation, that's for sure. Um, but, but no, you're right. And, and the things that have gone wrong with the Celtics this year, this is sort of the, uh, the strange thing, is I think what we would have expected the positives to be have not been positive. So you've had Jalen Brown with, uh, you know, 14 games out. Uh, because of injury, that's that's a pretty tough thing to get over. Um, J- Jason Tatum's had such a struggle uh, from the three point line. He has not played bad in general, by the way. I think he gets he gets way more criticism than he deserves. He's not hitting his threes, I and mean, that's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. Um, uh, you know, those are basically that's the difference between his numbers this year and last year. Uh, but that's obviously that's a significant thing in, in today's game, and he's not hitting his threes. Uh, he's just our player. That's a big problem. Um, you know, so you've got Jalen Brown, you've got, you've got Tatum. They've been a big part of the problem. You know, Marcus Smart shooting 38%. That's a big problem. But the guys that, that, that Brad brought in, you know, Jay, I, Richardson's doing pretty much, I think, what we, what we would have thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Dennis Schroeder, I think, is, is right about what we thought he would have been. Uh, no disappointment there. I think Al Horford, like you say, when he's played, uh, has been a little better than expected. So, the, the disappointment in the season hasn't been the guys that Brad brought in. It's been the guys who are already here. Yeah, I think it's accurate. Let's, uh, well, before we take another break, let, let's wrap up this portion anyway with this. Trade deadline's not that far away. Again, this team is what it is. We've, we've been talking about it for the last however long. Do you think, as Brad Stevens looks at this, are they a buyer or the seller at the trade deadline? Yeah, you know, I, I think they wind up being a minor seller. I think if they can get involved in something where it's a three-team trade and uh, and maybe they take on a player and, and, and they have uh, a long-term value in terms of a draft pick or something, they might do that uh, if they'd be willing to, ta- to pay the luxury tax. But more likely, if they can unload Hernan Gomez and, and, and get under the tax, that's something that they'd like to do. Not something that fans want to hear, I know. Uh, but you got to look at you know, Brooklyn – uh, Golden State, the Lakers, all those teams are paying huge luxury taxes this year. Mm-hmm. Every team that's under the tax is getting a $13 million check. And that's that's pretty tough if you're uh, with Grossman to say no to and and say, no, I want to hold on to uh, Juan Hernan Gomez uh, rather than get the $13 million check. Well, so, especially you know, when you're not a contender. If you're not a contender, right. Yeah, so if you want to be – you got to really make sure that you're going to – uh, elevate yourself at least to get to uh, you know the, the conference finals uh, if if you're going to make a move that's going to that's going to push you over the taxes here. 
All right, I'm going to audible. I'm going to talk about cannabis for a sec here, Sean, specifically Massachusetts Premier Cannabis Dispensaries. That is INSA, I-N-S-A, the premier cause for the founders, Pat and Pete, a couple of great guys. They re-engineered the cannabis model from what uh, they sell to how they sell it, while never forgetting, of course, it is for absolutely everyone. INSA Dispensaries, they are uh, inviting. They are modern. Evan has been by, checked it out over at the... uh, the the various shops headquarters there you can go on in learn more if you have any questions obviously the staff they are authorities on the science they'll answer every question from differences between flowers and concentrates to offerings for insomnia anxiety just for recreation hanging out with friends whatever you got in mind obviously and says world-class head chef too only hires the most respected growers as well who perfected their craft when it wasn't I don't know, so legit, let's just say. Uh, One last thing, too. The INSA founders, they're not VCs from Silicon Valley. They are lifelong pals from Springfield. So it's another local team for all of us to root for. INSA, I-N-S-A, in Salem, East Hampton, Boston Delivery, two Springfield locations, uh, including just off I-95, or I-91, pardon me, beside the uh, MGM Casino. Mentioned that we sent you. Stop by for a sweet T-shirt for a penny. That's it. One just like this. This right here is an INSA t-shirt. T-shirt for a penny. It's uh, INSA.com, I-N-S-A.com, or 877-500-INSA. So make sure you check out our friends, uh, Pat and Pete over there. Head on over. Uh, okay, let's talk about, you know, for all for all the discussion, Sean, about Brad Stevens, let's talk about his predecessor here, Danny Ainge. You know, we had Ian Thompson on last week, and, and we spent some time on this before it became a thing, you know, just sort of speculating Danny Ainge's future. And, you know, we were all pretty much on the same page as far as, you know, he's going to be, you know, it's it's Utah or it's Portland. It's probably Utah if, you know, mm-hmm. if he goes back to work sooner than later. You know, he's already living there, obviously. It's, you know, he's got strong roots there, having started at BYU. And it's where a lot of his family is, a lot of his grandkids. Like, Utah, just, it makes all the sense in the world. And, oh, by the way, the Jazz are really, really good and and could use a, you know, a very experienced executive to you know, not come in and be the day-to-day GM, but oversee basketball operations and, and put his two cents in kind of, I don't know if you would equate this. He's, he's been hired as CEO and alternate governor. If you would equate it to a, a Jerry West type role, obviously that we've seen him bounce around the league in, that was what Ian thought would be a really good fit for Danny. Um, I, I don't know. I have, I have multiple thoughts on this, but I want yours first. What, what was your reaction other than I'm assuming incredibly unsurprised when this announcement came down? Yeah, you know, I, my reaction was good for Danny. I mean, this is sort of, you know, the, the dream job uh, that he wants, you know, where, where he's involved in basketball, he's involved in sort of the, the high-level decision-making, uh, but, you know, he doesn't have to go on, you know, Toucher and Rich uh, uh, every Tuesday morning, you know? <laughs> he doesn't have to do that stuff anymore and yeah. talk, about the, talk about the TPE every week. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that, that's what he wants, wants to do. Um, and I, I, I think this is good. You know, Justin Zanuck is the GM there. Uh, they've had a lot of turmoil, a lot of upheaval. I think that they really want to make sure everything is, 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 is settled in that front office because it's a good roster. Uh, Quinn Snyder has shown he's a really, really good coach. Um, so, so everything else is sort of in place. I think they really wanted to solidify uh, that, uh, that, that front office. And, uh, and, and I think Danny's a, a way to do that. I think for Danny, um, you know, the, the fact that now he is uh, working with a team that also has Dwayne Wade there uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and he gets the double bonus of not only getting a dream job, 
but he's really ticking off Pat Riley here because, you know, now, now he's, he's working with Pat Riley's guy, uh, there in Utah. That's, that's, that's got to really be, uh, a cherry on top of the whole thing for him. Danny is, is not a guy who we've, we've heard it in all those interviews that he's done over the years. He's not a guy who, who says things by accident. You know, he says what he wants to say. He's, he's, very calculated he's very you know thoughtful with his responses he's sort of an expert of of you know giving you nothing while making you feel like he's giving you something it's I've always kind of been in awe of it listening to Danny Ainge interviews uh, and and really have all the respect in the world for Danny and I think he did a great job obviously here in Boston but I I wonder you know he one thing that he said that I wonder if it was on purpose I wonder if it slipped out and then he caught himself you know, but, but I don't think it was something he didn't mean was, he said, I, I needed a break from Boston and then was very quick to say, you know, I, I had a great 26 years there, obviously executive and being a player here as well, but I needed a break from Boston. I, I think speaks to maybe this is me putting words in his mouth or thoughts in his head or however you want to term it. But like you said, the, the weekly interviews on the radio and with newspaper, you know, writers and, and everybody else out there and, and just all the how front facing that job is to to tear this thing down and rebuild it multiple times, you know, get into the promised land, winning a championship once, getting there another time, you know, thought he'd get there again, you know, with the, the Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford editions. And that obviously didn't pan out, drafted well overall, you know, has has helped us set this team up for the future with Tatum and Brown, assuming they stick around and, and you get the front office in good hands, all of that. But you hear the, even, even if he does block out the noise and, and relish, you know, back like the, I hate Danny Ainge t-shirt when he was a player and all that stuff, relish in, <laughs> in, in people being critical of him, 18 years of it, like 18 years of hearing, like, you know, fire Danny. He hasn't drafted well. This guy sucks. How do you only win one championship in 18 years? All the all the crap that he had to, even if he didn't take it to heart, that he just had to hear or his family members had to hear for the better part of two decades. That's got a way on you. Like, I, I, I think it was more than I need a break. I think it truly was. I need a break from Boston. Yeah, I, you know, I think that uh, he's done a lot to uh to leave this franchise in good hands, as you say, and, and accomplished a lot on the way uh, to change. I, you got to remember where this team was mm-hmm. in 2003. I think it was when he took over, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, it was a mess, you know, coming mm-hmm. out of the nineties, it was, it, it was a mess, you know, with, uh, uh, with the Rick, Rick Pitino experiment and, uh, and ML Carr and, 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 you know, those years. Uh, so yeah, he, he really did sort out that mess and got it back to where, uh, you know, winning, winning 50 games, but, uh, but, but not winning a playoff series is considered a failure. That's, that's pretty good. You know, that's, 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 that's come a long way uh, under his watch. So uh, yeah, I think that, that, that if you're him and you've done all this uh, and you get to a point where it seems like you're spinning your wheels, then yeah, it's probably time to, to go somewhere else. I think there's also a factor of, you know, there is a certain uh, closeness in Boston. It's, 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 um, uh, you know, just physically everywhere you go, you're going to run into somebody who recognizes you. If you're, if you're Danny Ainge, it's not going to happen in Utah. He's not going to have to be somewhere all the time. He can kind of, he's a very private guy. Um, you know, as much as he is in the public eye, uh, he is still a very, very private guy. 
Uh, and I think that that kind of regaining some of that privacy is something he was looking for too. That's tough to do in Boston. It just is just the proximity of, of everything. Uh, and also just the, uh, the intensity that, 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 that fans have, um, you know, with their team. So uh, I, I think that was part of it too. Uh, you know, just, just wanting that privacy again. Do you believe, and I, I asked this just because, you know, articles have since been written about it. Plenty of people have speculated it over the months since, since, you know, he quote unquote retired, which didn't even last a year. And now he's back at it. Maybe not certainly in the same capacity, but he is back at it. Do you, do you put any stock into the Danny was pushed out? The organization Wick was, you know, they were ready for a change. They called it retirement and, and this getting back to work so soon, even though he is again, not a GM specifically, but getting back to work so soon, you know, adds credence to that. Or do you think that it's, it's as it's all been talked about, he needed a break. He got a break. He feels rejuvenated. He misses the game. And now he's back at it in a perfect landing spot. Yeah. You know, I think, I think there's a combination there. I think that, that his initial uh, uh, response to what happened at the end of last year was to stick around and, and, and try to finish. I think he was, he, he was sort of, um, you know, he was on the clock, you know, I think he, he had it in his head uh, and, you know, from, from, from talking to people that, that he was near the end, no matter what it, mm-hmm. it was going to be uh, at, you know, in June, the way it happened, or if it was going to be next June, um, you know, it was, it was, it was coming either way. Um, I, I think he didn't want to necessarily go out with the year that he had last year, uh, but I think he was ready either way. And so when the Celtics sort of, uh, uh, you know, started to, uh, uh, put this together uh, over the spring. You know, this is something that didn't just happen the night the night before they announced it. Obviously, uh, as the Celtics were putting this together, um, you know, I, I I don't think he had a lot of objections for Danny Ainge, even if it isn't exactly uh, the way he wanted to uh, to have it all go down. I just hope things get better, Sean. I hope things get better on the whole. We Celtics fans, we we Everything. need it. Every, well, for everybody from a from a health and safety perspective, obviously, but purely from a basketball perspective, this this middling, this you know, too good to tank and not good enough to contend, especially with real talent. Like it's not, you know, like it was Paul Pierce by himself all those years. I mean, you got two bona fide all stars, you know, young entering their prime, potential all NBA perennial guys. It just feels like the at least the 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 front loaded part of the roster, the top half of that roster, is is too good for for fourteen and fourteen to be the reality. I, and and they, they will get better this year. They will get better this year. I'm not in the next two weeks. You know, they still have this December schedule. <laughs> yeah, December's a gauntlet, which is just ridiculous. The schedule from from, from hell. But uh, uh, but you know, it it will it will improve. You know, once you get through what the uh the 31st new year's eve they have yeah. the suns and then and then after that things lighten up consider if they could still be 500 uh uh at the start of the new oh that year, would feel like a gift be, it would feel like a gift i agree yeah and and if they could they got off a great start to, to this run with the win over over milwaukee um if, if they can you know finish the month uh sticking at sticking at 500 then uh i'll feel good about them going down the stretch We'll see what happens again. Games tonight and tomorrow, the Warriors and the Knicks, assuming those go on as uh, expected, obviously. The show is powered by betonline.ag and INSA. That's I-N-S-A. Go to betonline.ag today and uh, use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Go to INSA.com 
insa.com. Mention we sent you. Get a sweet T-shirt for a penny. Our thanks to, uh, obviously, our producer, Evan Valenti, who uh, he is not here to tell you. But we all encourage you. Rate, review, subscribe to this show on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find us, obviously. Check us out. We appreciate it. And, of course, Sean Devaney, thank you, as always, for joining us, my friend. Have a great holiday season. We'll catch you in the new year. All right. Thank you, Adam. I'm Adam Kaufman. Join us again next week. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs>